I want winners. I want people that want to win. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Hello? You play to win the game. You know what it is. Welcome back, everybody, to the return of the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm your host, Dane Martinez, the Spitting Statistician, and I'm overjoyed to get back going this season, giving people what they want, giving people what they need to win their leagues and win that cash. And I'm doing it with my man, Matty Modica, who wins more money in fantasy than you do. Matt, what's going on, man? Long time. How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling really good. Been doing a... Uh... Kind of drafts this last week or so, so tis the season. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, because it is definitely fantasy football draft season. Uh, I know everybody's probably done a bunch of best ball drafts already. I know Maddie's already, like he said, in the mode. We're going to go position by position, kind of give you the previews of, you know, guys we like, guys we would fade as you, uh, and, you know, insights on how to approach your draft. So I guess we're going to do the running backs here first time out. And Matt, over the last five to 10 years, there's really been an evolution in the running back position. You know, the belt cows are kind of few and far between and you hear people taking different approaches right do they still prioritize running back early on in their draft do they go with kind of a zero running back theory or the even the hero running back theory how has your i guess approach to the running back position changed as we've moved more and more to a passing league in the nfl and since you know i mean there's really no kind of workhorses bell cows anymore like there used to be yeah, no, the bell cow is a scarce and premium commodity. But, I mean, first and foremost, it's the format. I play in PPR. So right. I know most people do the half or uh, full point PPR. I know the standards. There's a couple of dinosaurs still living out there. And, hey, if that's what you like, hey. that's what you like. But if you're playing in full point PPR, the onus has been on wide receivers. And they go fast. They go furious. And if you double up on running back in those first two rounds, I'm not saying that can't win. I'm not saying I don't ever do that. It just, it just makes it a, um, makes it more complicated. I'll put it that way. Cause right. you got to look at the market and what is the market giving you? What is the market telling you? The market don't care what you want to do. Right. The market don't care about your feelings right. and what you need at a certain point in the draft. There's a lot of running backs in rounds three, four or five that you like there's not going to be a lot of those wide receivers because in the first four rounds first 48 picks 25 of them right now at the nffc the national football championship 25 of those 48 are wide receivers right so you know i think you got like six quarterbacks going that's another thing you got to factor into this new world after last year it's true you know i used to catch a lot of heat for one of my tenants was always get that you know uber quarterback Everybody was like, wait on quarterback. And for a while, that became very trendy, even last year. But when you got 25 wide receivers, you got six quarterbacks going off, three tight ends, you know, there's going to be running backs there. Right. And, you know, CMC's not going to be there for you, obviously. Right, right. But you're going to have a good selection. And building that, you know, building that base of wide receivers or getting that hero running back. I like the hero running back. Okay. Uh, I like zero running back too, but I don't think most people truly understand the true zero running back. I don't do true zero running back. I can't go like, you know, seven rounds and mm-hmm. not have a running back at all. I mean, maybe I only have one, but it's somebody that I really like. 
you know, and then I can fill that position in. Yeah, I think also, like you said, when you, a lot of people are playing in PPR leagues, you know, you're also trying to get guys that are great out of the backfield as well because you get some of those, you know, cheap points that way with the PPR back. I think that's what also has made some of the third down running backs more valuable commodities. And that what that also does is it, it changes the gap, you know, the gap between these fourth round running backs and these seventh round running backs are really not as big when you have so many guys that can get that kind of value when you also add some of the production they're getting out of the past game. And there really aren't any workhorses left meanwhile there are weak winning wide receivers that are out there the guys that are going to get you 85 90 100 or more catches and those guys are few and far between and those are the guys that really kind of has been shifted but you do say you like the the hero running back so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go maybe tier by tier think about the guys that are you know kind of your rb1s could be and then look at that group maybe between 15 and 30 who could be rb2s into some flex and we'll give a guy that we like we'll give a guy that we don't especially when you're going to do this kind of hero strategy are there any of these top backs matt because also you know it's kind of a crapshoot when you think about injuries you think about how few and far between backs are that can repeat being in the top five being in the top 10 year after year after year who are one of those backs that maybe would qualify as the quote-unquote hero back that you like up at the top of the board that you would go for the two running backs this year i would draft in the first round are um, is Bijan Robinson mm -hmm. and Saquon Barkley. I know Saquon right now, everybody's nervous about this contract. He's not holding out. You saw what happened to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, maybe he signs that, you know, maybe he signs the uh, contract on Monday and then says, I'm never playing for you again after this year, but he's not holding out. Right, 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 right. So tell me why, why so much love for Bijan right out of the gate? I mean, do you think he is going to get 350 touches? Do you think Atlanta is going to be in position to use him as a workhorse? Oh, uh, there's, there's a few factors here. I mean, this is an uber talent. The guy can do it all. Mm -hmm. And he is going to be, I think they describe him as a weapon. You got Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, as we saw last year, he can game plan. He can, you can run the ball. I mean, that team was just dominant running the ball. He has a successful career of running sure. the ball. And so their, run, their passing game with Ritter is kind of sketchy, which is a shame because they have the thing. But they have one of the easiest schedules. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, in, they're in that division. This guy is going to be running the ball. I mean, Algier had a very good year last year. I think he's pretty much an afterthought. I think he's a great handcuff, but I think he's pretty much an afterthought because this guy is going to, they drafted him eighth overall. You know, for a running back now to go eighth overall, you know the line. Running backs don't matter anymore. Right. See, with, see with Saquon, they don't want to pay him. So I, I just, I think it's a perfect storm. I think this is like a Saquon rookie season, you know, an Elliott rookie season with some pass catching mixed in. I, I, there's just so many factors there. You got the head coach that knows how to do it, the schedule and the talent and not really a good quarterback. No, fair enough, fair enough. One guy, for me, if I'm going to take one of these top running backs up at the top, one guy I look to would be the consistency of Nick Chubb, Matt. You know, mm -hmm. for me, Nick Chubb, if you look over the last five years, he's the only running back that's gotten like over 950 yards in the last five years. He's the only running back also when you look at yards per carry, right? Like he's always a guy over five yards per carry, which is very rare in the NFL. And here's what I'll also say. I think the running back room in Cleveland from last year to this year 
actually helps him. You know, there's no Kareem Hunt there anymore. It's going to be Jerome Ford behind him. And to me, when it was Kareem Hunt, there would be drives that Kareem Hunt got, and it was more of a, a committee at times. Jerome Ford is just going to be a handcuff to Nick mm -hmm. Chubb, right? I think Nick Chubb can be a workhorse back more. And to be quite honest, I think the offense overall will be more improved this year in Cleveland with a full 17 games of Deshaun Watson, you know, instead of kind of the rotating door that they had last year. I think when you are drafting a running back in the first round, because when I look at a guy like CMC, you know, who I love, who I think is going to produce, the injury risk is so high, you know? So mm -hmm. for me, if I'm going to take that RB in the first round, I need a really stable floor, an elite stable floor. And for me, that's Nick Chubb. I think he's going to continue to return RB1 numbers. And if you're going to do it, go the safe route for me. That's Nick Chubb giving me the full Chubb. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. What about on the other side, though? Matt, you know, like there are running backs that are in your rankings and tiers in the top 10. Are there any of those guys that you would tell people to stay away from? And I got to let people know, we didn't compare a list here. So there mm -hmm. may be times where we're fading the same guy, where we're seeing the, the, the same guy differently, but we'll find out right now. So Matt, who's one of these guys in the top tier that you would actually, you know, have some concern, have some cause for pause this year? I mean, I think there's a couple of obvious guys, but I'm going to go here and be a little controversial. And I'm going to say for me, I'm not going to advise you not to do it, but I got some concerns with Austin Eckler. That's a fugazi. How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What? It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. I mean, the guy's just been a beast. He's led the league in a lot. Yards from scrimmage the last two years, 20 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns. He caught 100 balls last year. That's my thing. They have a new, they have a new offensive coordinator coming to town. Uh, they they spent their first round pick on Quentin Johnston. I think this offense is going to be different. I think you're going to see trips, like three wides going out and stuff. Okay. Uh, With I, Allen I, and Mike Williams, you think all three of them will be on the field at the same time? Not every not every play, but I think that'll be incorporated a lot more. Okay. And I I think I think you saw that with, with Dallas too. Uh, I mean, they had Tony Pollard, right? Mm -hmm. And. He didn't get as many passes as I thought he would get. I mean, he still got, I think he still caught like 40 balls. But I'm hoping, you know, maybe Paul gets even more catches this year. You know the guy we can talk about in a little bit. But just stay on effort. Is he going to catch 100 balls? I'm going to bet against that this year. I mean, he caught 70 the year before, and that's still great. But so now if he catches 70, he's scored 20 and 18 touchdowns. That's tough to do that. I mean, he did it twice. That's amazing. Right. Three times, I'm going to bet against that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying he's a bad player by any means. I'm not telling you not to draft. I'm saying where he goes at that five, six range in the draft or even seven, I'm going to take Tariq Hill over him. I'm going to take, you know, if a Cooper Cup happens to fall, right. I'm going to take the Cooper Cup. I'm going to take the receivers. It's just a less fragile position. I say that Cooper Cup got hurt last year, but they're not taking that beat week in and week out as the running backs are. So it might be controversial. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm trying to give you reasons why I could say I'm not going to probably pay that price on him. Yeah, and listen, I think you make a good point also. And like I said, when I'm talking about the first round, I want a stable bet, right? And running backs, it's, you know, it's a violent position. You know, a lot of these first round running backs, you cannot guarantee 15, 16, 17 games. Whereas if you give me Justin Jefferson, you give me Jamar Chase, you give me Tyreek Hill, I'm more confident that I'm going to get full production and I'm not going to have a guy who's, you know, 
in street clothes come fantasy playoffs. One guy for me at the top that I'm a little leery of this year, Matt, is Jonathan Taylor. Okay, he was banged up last year, and I think there's a few reasons why. It wasn't just that he missed games, but his, you know, his yards per game were down, his yards per carry are down. And honestly, for me, it's also the uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, let me ask you, if you're a defensive coordinator playing against the Indianapolis Colts this year, right? I'm putting all 53 men in the box to try to stop Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I don't care if it's Gardner Minshew. I don't care if it's AR-15. I'm forcing them to beat me with that quarterback's arm, right? And Jonathan Taylor is going to be priority number one, two, three, four, and five. And then at some point, honestly, they're going to go to the rookie quarterback. They're going to go to the rookie quarterback and I think that just undercuts you know the entire Indianapolis offense and then when they do go to Richardson Matt Richardson's gonna run the ball on some level <laughs> and he's gonna take some carries away from Jonathan Taylor I think all of those but most notably the fact that he has got to be the absolute priority stopping the Indianapolis offense and kind of now when I have the injury history and the rookie quarterback those are things that I don't want with my first round pick what do you think about JT that's a fugazi. Oh, I agree. I love the player. Sure. Uh, I, I think the guy's a beast. And that's my main concern. I think Anthony Richardson will have a very good career. I just think he's really raw right now. Mm -hmm. And it, he may have a game or he's probably have a couple games where he's just he's such a freak athlete and the, the numbers he puts up are all wild. But I agree with you. I haven't drafted any uh, Taylor right now. I just don't like that offense. I, I don't think it's, you know, I think there's too many. I'll take Tony Pollard every, every time. Okay. You know, I, I know he's coming off the uh, leg injury from last year, but uh, I feel much more secure with that offense. You, know, you say you got Dak as the quarterback. Sure. Yeah. You have a guy. I mean, and when and when you look at a guy like Pollard, he went from 11 and a half touches two years ago to 14 and a half touches, and he's not going to be a 20 touch guy. That's Hardly just not anybody he is. Yeah, but if he gets to 17 or where he was last year was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. He gets to 16, 17, and you know, you throw in another pass catch or two per game, that's gonna be, uh, I think, something really good. Yeah, and, and listen, one of the things Matt is saying, I completely agree with it, and it's not a rule of thumb for all the time, but you hear Matt saying that Dallas offense, right? And give me pieces of the Dallas offense, pieces of the Kansas City offense, pieces of these high-octane offenses, other than, say, like a team like Indianapolis, who we think where the entire offense will struggle. Even good players can be on bad offenses and undercut their production. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Speaking of, if you think about the offense as a whole, Matt, one offense I am very interested to see this year is the Baltimore Ravens and what they actually look like under the new scheme with Todd Monken. And to be honest, I think one of the beneficiaries is going to be a running back that I kind of like in that RB2 tier, and that's J.K. Dobbins, okay? I think J.K. Dobbins, there's a lot of reasons why he can have a breakout. I think people forgot about him because of the injury history, but late last year in like three of the last four games, I think he had 90 or 100 yards. He was averaging, you know, over five yards per carry in that stretch, I think the offense is going to be much better. And I think Lamar is actually going to run potentially less in this offense. And here's the last part I'll say about J.K. Dobbins. And this is something I want to get your thought on too, Matt, to see if you consider this or not. But it's a contract year for J.K. Dobbins. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps 
from the fantasy standpoint in two ways. One, he will obviously be motivated to impress. But on the other side, the Baltimore Ravens will be down to kind of grind him to a pulp, chew him up, spit him out. I remember years back that happened, I think, with Clinton Portis in Washington on his contract year. But I think the stars kind of line up. And now that they actually have also weapons on the outside to add to just Mark Andrews, I think you're going to start seeing lighter boxes in Baltimore for this scheme. And I think J.K. Dobbins has the skill that you need. I think he can have a breakout season, and I'm interested to see what the Ravens look like. What do you think about that? I love J.K. Dobbins. He's a guy, this is my thing about mapping out the board. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins is going in the fifth round. You can get him, yes, absolutely. Say you start out four wide receivers, or you go three wide receivers and you get that stud quarterback. Yes. And your RB1 is J.K. Dobbins. On an offense, everybody thinks he's going to be better. Uh, they got some receivers here. We don't know. El- uh, Odell is kind of a wild card because he's coming off this injury. Right. They drafted uh, Flowers. You like Bateman. Flowers. Healthy. Bateman, if the foot's healthy. Yeah. You still got Mark Andrews. But it's a different philosophy they're going to have there. Uh, and as you said last year, just look at the eye test. Just look at what you were watching. Oh, yeah. uh, I drafted him last year and I got burned. I am going all in again. Uh, just because once he got the the uh, knee cleaned up, he remember he had to have that procedure early on. Right. He missed another few weeks, but you saw he got healthy. You saw it in the second half. Yes. And now he's you know looks fully healthy. You said he wants to get paid. Look what the Raiders did to Josh Jacobs last year. Uh huh. Exactly. They didn't give him the fifth year option. He said they played him in the first preseason game. <laughs> yeah, right? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and lead the league in rushing. Absolutely. So that's just one That's just one point. Just to dob him. I'm so happy you brought him up. Oh, we need to talk about him. But he's going in the fifth round. Yep. So, and there's other backs too that are going third, fourth, fifth, that you can still get those two receivers and mm-hmm. build a nice backfield, at least in my opinion. Again, going back to the point of caring about the offense as a whole, right? Like, I know this Baltimore offense is going to be able to run the ball. And I think some of that, you know, some of that share that was Lamar's, now that they signed him some more money, they'll be a little bit more careful with him. He's going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. I really do think J.K. Dobbins is primed for a breakout, and it sounds like you do not disagree here. Matt Modica, Dane Martinez on the Fantasy Freestyle. In that, and outside of J.K. Dobbins, who's a guy that you like kind of in that RB2 tier? In, in the RB2 tier, I, I like ETN. Where he, okay. I mean, he's going in the end of the third, early fourth, if I have uh, two stout receivers I start off with, and I'm getting a guy here. The one thing was a little disappointing was he didn't catch the ball as much last year. And you thought he but would. You, you look, but I, I, and, and I think he will. Him and him and Lawrence have that connection from college. He, he you know, he was catching passes from him there. Maybe gets incorporated year two for him. You know, being that he missed that first season. But you look at him from, I think it was like week seven on, and the numbers are there. I, I mean, he's he had like in his last 10 games or something, you know, he had like you know, over 1,100 yards mm-hmm. and all that. And he just got better as the year goes on, you know, and he's just, he's a very good runner. I think he had, maybe he loses some goal line carries to Tank Bisbee, because he wasn't as uh, efficient there, but I think, the receiving game increases. I think that's another ascending offense. Right. You know, you got Calvin Ridley coming there. Mm-hmm. 
and Trevor gets like, even better should, potentially. Yes, they should be putting up points. And he's a guy that you know they got the ball in the twelve yard line. They hand it off. He can score from. Yes. You know, he's not. He's not maybe you know the Jamal Williams type from one or two yards. It's going to score. That, you know, 15, 12 to fifteen touchdowns from there. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's a really good back, uh, and it's a really good offense. Hello, you play to win the game. Game script, obviously, something you guys need to think about when drafting your fantasy team, you know, as well. We keep on talking about it. It's not just the player. It is, in fact, the team. I got to tell you, someone I'm fading Mm -hmm. in this kind of area, Matt, is Kenneth Walker. I don't know about Kenneth Walker this year. Listen, I think we saw the best possible version of the Seattle Seahawks last year. I think we saw the best possible version of Geno Smith last year, okay? Kenneth Kenneth Walker runs for 1,050 yards, but he only went over 100 yards like uh, four or five times. And those were all games where he had 23 or more carries, man. And I don't think he's going to get that again. Like they they drafted uh, Charbonnet, you know, and I think that... This is go- he's going to get some drives. I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to be almost like the bell cow that he was. And I think the Seattle offense overall is going to be worse. I know he's a good player and he had a few breakaway runs, but I don't know that that's going to be as consistent. And to pay the price you're going to need to to get Kenneth Walker, I think there are other guys in that area that I'd far rather have. We're talking about ETN and others. Um, For me, it's a fade not only on the Seahawks offense, on Kenneth Walker, but also the idea that Charbonnet joins the backfield eating away a piece of the pie for Kenneth Walker. Uh here's where we'll disagree okay. on the uh, Seahawks offense. Oh. I think I think getting JSN. Yes. I think that kid is I, I think he's gonna produce. And okay. he's a guy where if I have three wide receivers early, I'm taking him where I don't have he doesn't have to be a core player for me right away. Right. And I'm taking him in that, you know, seventh round and stuff like that. But I think getting him, now you got DK, you got Lockett who always produces, you got three studs there. Now, I have to assume that you're going to go, uh, you know, not use the 12 as much and do 11 offense. You know, Probably. Have those, have those have JSN in there. the slot a lot. You're not going to draft this guy 20 years old. No, you got to use and, you know, do, and, and not do that. This, this kid's been a winner in college. Look at Ohio State's receiving core the last couple of years. Oh, you know, we got all these guys that are ten picks left and right. Yeah, they're all stud wide receivers. And, and Marvin Harrison and, Jr. coming out this year to be the best. And ball. he's competed with them, and he's True. been a baller. Yeah. So I really like that. Here's the thing with Walker. I haven't taken Walker yet. Okay. Uh, I do like him. I'm kind of like where he falls in that fourth round. If I needed the running back, just to. I, I think he's got a role, and I think Charbonnet's got a role. I like Charbonnet, but I think they took. I think Charbonnet was drafted to fill that pass-catching back role. They don't have Travis Homer and those other guys anymore, and Charbonnet's a good back. So I don't really. I'm not really worried about the committee aspect there because I think they have roles. I think Walker's going to be the guy that can hit the home run, and I think he's going to be the guy to punch it in for the things. So that's where we'll disagree. That's fine. Walker, I like him, don't love him, but I, you know. Listen, I'm seeing a lot of rankings where Walker, like you said, is right next to ETN, who I know you mm-hmm. like. I, I do see a lot of that myself. You know, guys I take like- ETN over him. 
yeah, guys like Joe Mixon, I might even take over him, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris. I would rather have all these guys, for me at least, over Kenneth Walker, but we'll see about, what's up? Okay, talk to me about this. Talk to me about this. Is that because listen, I I had Najee his rookie year and I had him last year, and he was a lot of you know two yards in a cloud of dust. You know he didn't. You talk about Kenneth Walker can hit the big home run, and he can. It doesn't. I didn't see much of Najee Harris hitting the home run for that Steelers offense that'll still have Kenny Pickett under center. Uh yeah. I think I, I guess you hear the term he's an inefficient back and stuff like that. He, he does catch the ball. He's very involved. I'm betting on, you know, the Jalen Warren being okay. more involved. I'm not saying he's coming to take over or he's a very good handcuff to have. If he does get more involved or if something were to happen with Najee, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a role to step in. He's the guy. Uh, I just, there's other backs I like there. I'll take the receivers over Harris. Uh, I know they want to run the ball. Maybe... They'll keep it more fresh. I know Tomlin's been that one back guy, but I think he has been. What I'm hearing, it sounds like it's changing a bit, but you need to see it first. You know, a lot of coaches throw a lot of smoke, especially in June and July, Maddie. They say a lot of stuff in June and July. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, he didn't have the volume that Najee had. But when I watched Steeler games last year, Mm -hmm. and obviously he's not playing as much, but one guy looked much better than the other guy. That's a fugazi. How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What? It's a fake. fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. He wasn't as explosive as I thought he would be. And he's one of these guys also. He's got a surprising amount of, you know, tre- tread on the tire that has been used from not only his time at Alabama, but his time in Pittsburgh. He's already got a ton of carries on those legs. So, and, you know, we also talk about the offense itself. This is not a dynamic offense, in my opinion, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'd rather get pieces of offenses that I think can be more explosive. As we look a little bit further down the draft board, though, Maddie, there's there's another running back I'm really intrigued by because there was so much hype on him going into <laughs> last year. I think I know what you're going to say. And then he tore his ACL pretty early in the year. I'm talking about Javante Williams out of Denver. I think there is opportunity aplenty for Javante Williams this year, Matt. First of all, there were some questions going on around his health. Like, would he be okay recovery-wise? And the last I've seen is that he's good to go for training camp. He's going to be all right. So that clears one of the hurdles. It's also great for me that Denver didn't really make a move in the offseason. I was worried about that. Would they add another running back in free agency? Would they be candidates for the Dalvin Cooks, the Ezekiel Elliott's in the draft? They really get Samaji Pirine, and that's about it, you know? I think the move to Sean Payton is better. They did invest in the offensive line in the offseason, and I think Russell Wilson, year two, and with Sean Payton, this offense is going to be a lot better. They have a better offensive line. I mean, Javante ran for over 1,200 yards in his rookie season. He had some spark. There was a lot of excitement about him. And I'm seeing him now, Matt, you know, go as like running back 28 overall. And I think he's a far better player and can get back to the form we saw two years ago. Yeah, uh, I do like Javante a, a lot, but I like him because of his price. Okay. He's going in that like late seventh, yeah. maybe early eighth. So even if you bet on him, like say you you take him and he busts for you, 
that didn't that didn't ruin your. It doesn't sink you. That 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 wasn't the pick. It's that pick in the third round. So you took Najee Harris and he busts. Right. That's that's gonna hurt you. You start to receive his. He's your you know bell cow back, and he busts. That's gonna hurt you. But I'll take the shot here. Like you said the reports out of there. All the things you mentioned. Peyton Russell Wilson's got to be better. Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. Just to tell the story, I got my first running back the other day in the draft. It was Dobbins in the fifth. Okay. The sixth round is one of my favorite guys for the running backs. If even if, if he sucks, so be it. But he was going at the end of the first round, early second round, DeAndre Swift. Ah, yes. He's on the Eagles now. On the Eagles, that's the same thing. They got him for nothing. It, they will owe him nothing at the end of the year. Yes. This is a prolific offense. And they got they, they signed Rashad Penny. Not worried about that either. I like Penny in the eighth round or the ninth round. Uh, yes. But just sticking to this, I went, I had no no running backs. I went Dobbins, Swift, Javante Williams. That was my five, six, seven. And with Swift, you're putting him on a, a prolific offense. We saw what Miles Sanders did last year. Yep. I think talent-wise, Swift is, Swift is much better. You Swift is a really superior talent in the league. Yeah. Hasn't been able to say help. So, I mean, there's a lot of risk here. But neither but is Rashad Penny. You know, there's a chance that Penny will be there and Swift will be but, a bell cow. But yeah, exactly. One of them might get hurt and the other yep. guy just hits a home run. But if they're both there, and I think they're both good. I want I want one of the two, or even if I can get two of the two and see what happens. Because this is, you know, one of the best offenses in the league, especially running the ball. And you see Penny's a home run hitter too. When that guy, when he's healthy, can he stay healthy? Who knows? It hasn't really been, you know, he's had some bad luck. That broke his leg last year, you know. But I'm looking at these guys and so, you know, you start, if, if you went with a hero back in the first round, you took a Saquon, right? And you didn't draft a running back to the fifth round. And you got Saquon and Dobbins. I think you're Absolutely. You, you know, just, I'm just trying to talk about mm-hmm. looking, have a plan. Whatever you, whatever you play in, try and get an ADP, get a set, get an idea, right. a feel. And like, if it's your home league and you know the running backs are all going in the first round, then take it. Then take a running back, but you'll get a good receiver in the second round. No, I think you make a great point. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like when you say mapping the draft out, to me, the way I do it is it's kind of, I think about supply and demand within mm-hmm. these tiers, right? Because, and if I know in my back pocket, there's guys like Swift, there's guys like Javante that I'm cool with, and I can still get an AJ Brown or a CD Lamb, you know, in, the, in rounds two and three, I'm going to do that. And knowing that there's still a supply of guys that I completely accept as my RB2 later on. Meanwhile, the drop off at wide receiver from that elite level down to the level of, you know, the T Higgins and Terry McLaurin's of the world. I think that Delta is much bigger than the Delta you're going to see between maybe one of these top running backs and some of these guys we're talking that you can get mm-hmm. in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah. Just to throw out another guy, a guy I've really never been a fan of, but you know, he puts points up when healthy and stuff and he's in a great situation is David Montgomery. Hmm. He went to Detroit, right? He's got the Jamal Williams role. And I love Gibbs. I think Gibbs is going to catch, you know, an insane amount of passes. You know, he was brought in for that. But I think when they get to, you know, get in close, 
it's going to be like we saw last year. And this is a team that should put up a lot of points. You know, the first six games, they don't have the, uh, they don't have uh, J- Jameson. Right. But he'll be coming back. You got the Sun God who is just. I'm on Ra. Yeah, I'm on Ra, the mini cop right there. They drafted this young tight end who, you know, is getting rave reviews. Uh, they even brought back, uh, what's his name? Marvin Jones. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of options for that yeah. offense in the past. So just to, you know, somebody, but. It's a team that's on the rise. They got a great offensive coordinator. So you know, if 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 I needed a guy in you know that seventh round, I mean, is that a terrible call there? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I I don't think that's like one of the you know where you can. I, I just think there's more outs for the exactly. running backs later. Absolutely. And you know, you, if you're competing with 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 these other guys that have these stack wide receivers, it's going to be tough. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. There was one running back we didn't talk about that I think we should. And Go I'll, ahead. I'll start off with him. Yeah, who's that? Uh, Alexander Madison. Yes, he's the like running a back. Very, he's a very polarizing guy. Oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm out. Oh, you're out. I'm out. So that's good. So like okay, it. tell me why. I, I'm just not buying that it, it's going to be his, uh, his full gig. Not that they really have these, you know, what is it, a fifth round guy in uh, High Chandler, uh-huh. who I, I think can play a role and catch the ball. The other guy they drafted this year, Dwayne McBride. I just, I haven't seen it enough in that. So I know we saw a game or two here or there. Uh, in that range, there's just other guys I'm going to go with. And I could be dead wrong. I look stupid in a couple of months. But I, I think you take in that position. I have, uh, you know, one of my partners loves him. He's all in on, on Madison. So I, I just, I haven't really bought into it. I don't think they really paid him like he's going to be there, you know, future back as well. Okay. Do you think, I mean, there are still some guys that are out there. I mean, obviously at this point when we're recording, Dalvin Cook is one of them. We know he's not going to Minnesota, right? <laughs> there are guys that are still out there like, Zeke, for example, comes to mind, right? When you say you don't think it's going to be Madison's full kind of back backfield, because that's part of the reason I do like him. You know, obviously with Dalvin Cook not there, mm-hmm. I I did see enough in, you know, Dalvin Cook has been hurt and missed games in each of the past few seasons. We've seen glimpses of Madison. Mm-hmm. And to me, Madison was always this kind of like high-end handcuff. Okay, and and, and it was such that when he was in, when Dalvin Cook was injured, it looked the same. You know, to me, the Vikings offense kind of looked the same. It's like they didn't lose a beat. So I think actually Minnesota is confident in Madison to kind of be that guy. And in the limited opportunity that I've seen him in, I've seen him pretty much be a reasonable facsimile of what Dalvin Cook was in that offense. Yeah, no, I, I, there are many people who are pounding the table for him. Okay. I just, from what I keep hearing is they're going committed. But that's also, you know, even another reason why in general, and when we're talking about kind of the game theory of it all, I prioritize the wideouts because I believe that you have a better chance in season, Matt, finding a running back when injuries exactly. happen, so when running backs emerge, you know, I think... I'm going to have a better chance to wind up on a waiver wire be or using my fab budget 
getting a stud running backs. There are running backs who emerge in September every single year that are off the radar. And I think it's far harder to find a wide receiver or God forbid a tight end that could emerge at that level. But there are always running backs. That's an excellent, kind of excellent point. Tell there, me there about really it. Tell, tell, tell me the way you think like, about that. Even like, they don't have to be studs. You get guys like Mike Davis a couple of years ago. Sure, but those are guys you know, that are solid bi-week fill-ins you know, that I can start yeah, to put no, in my, you know. Put the points in yes. and doing this. Because, you know, that's the other reason why, you know, uh, people will lean more wide receiver as well. Right. It's just because you're not gonna find a wide out that's gonna get six, seven yeah. catches again off the scrap. You know, that you know, maybe there's one that pops up in, in the year that right. that really does it and stuff. But yeah, that's I, I totally agree. I'm so happy you made that point. Yeah. That's a very good point. So one guy that I'm fading, you know, and you mentioned one of the reasons why I'm fading him in uh earlier in the show is uh, you talked about Jamal Williams, okay? And Jamal Williams, as that you, we were talking about it before, as that kind of goal line back, you know, the dance he loves to do. <laughs> He's now in New Orleans, and that's one of the reasons I'm fading Alvin Kamara this year, Matt. I mean, there's the possible suspension looming over, which is something, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, we don't get into the kind of off the field stuff, mm. but we will see what happens with that, if he's even gonna be on the field the whole time. And I just think that there's, there's vultures to Kamara's potential production all over the place. Jamal Williams being one of them at the goal line, right? I think- Kendrick Miller, the, the, the rookie they drafted. Absolutely. There's, I think, the return potentially of Michael Thomas getting some in the pass game. And then, I mean, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this guy when we do maybe the tight end episode, but Taysom Hill is a real thing, you know? Yes. And he's another goal line option for the New Orleans Saints as well. And, and Alvin Kamara kind of faded towards the end of last year. He only had 200 yard games. He's one of these guys also that had great PPR potential as we know with all the catches out of the backfield, but he only had two games with four or more receptions in the last two months of the season last year. So he kind of fell off to me. There's no guarantee he's going to be on the field. Guys like Taysom Hill, what role he'll play, Jamal Williams on the goal line. I think there's oh. a lot of reasons to fade Alvin Kamara. And I'm seeing him, Matt, you know, kind of in the same, you know, area as a, as a, you know, a Javante Williams, as a DeAndre mm -hmm. Swift, as a Rashad Penny, who you talked about earlier in the show. For me, I'm I, I think that's going to change, though, because I do think he's getting a suspension. He pleaded no contest. Right. And, you know, we're not going to get into it, but if you saw any of that, it's, I don't see how he doesn't miss like six games. Well, I, even I more so. So I, I think he's going to be out. Like and I, and I think once it's official, then I think the ADP you'll see the drop. It'll drop. You'll be the correction. That's a easy. Listen, one other thing we want to do here, and by the way, fantasy freestyle, Dane Martinez, Matty Modica, back and better than ever, putting the fun in functional fantasy content with the Cloud 10 Podcast Network. So glad to get this back out here for you guys. You know, you've been saying a lot. Matt, throughout this episode, like, I'm hearing they like this kid X, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hearing they the buzz on this kid. And we joke a little bit, you know, it's kind of everyone's in the best shape of their lives. Everyone's, you know, grasping the playbook like a sponge at this point mm -hmm. of the year, you know. But are there any um, rookies that are out there? I know you talked about Bijan early on and we all know about Bijan mm -hmm. he's going to be a first round pick are there other uh rookie running backs out there that you think are 
either in good schemes, in good, you know, opportunities to really hit the ground running and be beneficial to your fantasy team in their rookie year right out the gate. Like the later on rookies, I mean, Charbonnet's the obvious guy. Yep. I think he's there to fill What about my guy Avaconda for the Jets? Because I think he's a scheme fit Israel? and could fit Israel. Israel. Yes, Israel. I, I do like... You play to win the game. You got Chase Brown in Cincinnati. There's really nobody behind Mixon. That's true. Like Mixon, they didn't like him. They weren't really throwing him the ball. P. Ryan was dead. P. Ryan was the pass guy. I, mean, I, I think they still have Evans on the roster, but they really don't seem to like Evans. So they took this kid, Chase Brown. Uh, another guy late for like the handcuff type thing, Tajay Spears. Something happens to the you know big man. The king at some point is going to go down. I mean, I've bet against him the last couple of years, <laughs> and that guy just needs a beast. I mean, I love watching him. It's just, I mean, if, if he's healthy, he's putting up 1,500 yards. And if he's healthy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you just I mean, at some time, you know, follow time will catch up, but that bet I've made, I've lost the last two years. Uh, and the kid in Miami, like, I don't know what's, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Miami. I think Dalvin Cook, that's where he wants to go. Right. Um, he just wants more money. Right. I mean, it's a matter of that. So you got Mozart, Wilson, the, the new kid. And I, I think this is where Cook wants to be. Yeah. So, I think it's oh. where Cook wants to be as well. I think it's got, I mean, a, a couple of people are high on Akane out of Texas A&M, but. I also, the, the hard part for me, and I, don't get me wrong, I don't think Mostert or Wilson are kind of like league winning backs, but they are imminently familiar with that offensive system, mm -hmm. both being from San Francisco, you know, and kind of came over with the coach. So I, I think that it's going to be a tough nut to crack for the kid of Caney, especially if Dalvin Cook winds up there. And I agree with well, you. Well, yeah, I think that he would be. go into that like pass catching role. You okay. Know? You have Wilson's just a warrior. I got to give that guy credit. Jeff Wilson he shows up every year. When you put him in, he's yep. productive. Mozart has that home run speed. Yep. You know, but he's another guy that, you know, he's, he just gets banged up. So, I mean, look, if I'm Dalvin Cook, the reasons I want to go there is one, it's, it's a stacked offense. It's and a great offense. You, the amount of space you want to win. You want to win. And that's a spot you can win. Listen, you know, as long as Tua's medulla oblongata stays intact, <laughs> yes, that's that a offense good one. A little is going to be amazing. <laughs> and I mean, I'd love to be a running back knowing that Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell are on the outside and they have to play safeties up high to respect Tyreek Hill, right? And to be honest, Vic Fangio coming over there, I think they're going to have a much improved defense in Miami as well. Maybe when we do some futures plays, even as yes. a Jets fan, I hate to say it as a Jets fan, I am actually high on the Miami Dolphins as long I'm a as fan, so we're as long as two is Medulla Oblongata stays <laughs> yes. intact and but he is thing, in a way. Who's the last guy you got for us, Maddie? The last thing I will say here is just with these running backs, like now yep. that Joe Mixon has restructured the contract, he paid. Stuff, yep, he's gonna move up, and I love that offense, but I'm not really a mixing guy. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to see Mixon move up. But the Bengals are going to score a ton. They are going to score. I'm not saying I'm totally fading him or anything like that. He's not the guy that I usually want to take. Right. If, if he's going to be later, he was always the last like two years, he was that like right around the turns or early mm -hmm. second. So it's much more palatable in the fifth. 
but I think he's going to move up now. Now that he's secured, you know, he started out, I think, in the seventh round. Right. And now he moved up. Now, now he's, he's kind of been living in the fifth. Right. So now that it's been secured, I think he's going to, you know, probably move up around, as you say, the Bengals offense. He's going to score. <laughs> and these That's the hardest part. Talking about... guys I don't think are good, but they got the role and they want to get off there. Yeah, a lot of the time it's about that. It's not, it's talent and the opportunity. And you hear us talking about offenses like the Philadelphia offense we were talking about, the Detroit offense we were talking about, the Cincinnati offense. If you're the guy who is the lead back there or the goal line back there, you're going to get you know you're gonna get touches inside the five there are going to be games where this offense well, puts up 30 plus points and you're gonna get a ton of garbage time burning out the clock i want winners i want people that want to win now that you're back here listen and subscribe like all that stuff to the fantasy freestyle what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be doing our next episode you know sometime next week it'll come out and we're gonna shift our attention to the wide receivers okay and we'll do the same kind of thing and you know it may be a little bit longer because in most leagues i'm in at least matt you got to start three wide outs and only two running backs and as we're talking here it is a passing league now the amount of guys that can throw for four thousand yards these days are a lot <laughs> different than it used to be five ten years ago so i think there is more value there we'll talk about some of the guys we like do we pay the first round pick premium for guys like JJ and Chase and Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs and on and on and on. We'll talk about all of that in our next episode, but this has been the return of the Fantasy Freestyle. Maddie, Mo Money, Modica, and I'm merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad uh, we could be chopping it up again, Matt, talking about football and talking about how to help the people when drafts are coming up here for fantasy football season. Yeah, no, this, this was awesome, and Football's going to be here before you know it. It sure is. Training camp is going to fly right by. It sure is. So here are our thoughts on the running backs. You're going to get wide receivers next week. We'll do tight ends. We'll do quarterbacks. By that time, we'll be in the preseason of the NFL. So we'll be talking about different camp battles, you know, stock up, stock down, that sort of thing, and get you ready for all your drafts and for fantasy football to win your league and win that cash. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle. So for Matty Modica, I'm Dane Martinez. Be sure to subscribe. Unless, of course, you're allergic to winning your fantasy football league. If you have some kind of weird allergy against that, then don't subscribe and tell all your competitors to listen to the Fantasy Freestyle because then they will get what they need to win their leagues and win that cash. That'll do it for us for this time. We'll see you next time around. Peace. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs>